0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 115 of F Stop Collaborate and Listen. This week's guest is Brandy Mowles. Brandy is a Facebook and Instagram advertising strategist who works directly with a lot of photographers to help improve their advertising results on social media. Brandy teaches us all about the essentials of Facebook and Instagram marketing and gives away some of her best-kept secrets, which will help you grow your business thoughtfully and successfully. Topics this week include how to get started with Facebook and Instagram advertising, audiences and how to leverage them, the Facebook pixel, Facebook business manager and its hidden secrets, how to measure success in social media advertising, and some awesome success stories and the strategies behind them. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, well, Brandy and Malz, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's uh, really cool. You were introduced to to me uh, from uh, someone who, who's already been on the show, Jason Matias. And um, I think he might be one of your clients, actually. Is that right?
1: Yes. Jason is one of my favorite clients.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, maybe just, you know, what do you do? Like, what is your role? And like, why would people be interested in listening to this episode? <laughs>
1: So, I am a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist. So, I help mostly online businesses, but I also do work with like lots of photographers, online business or offline businesses as well, grow their business through sales leads, all generated from Facebook and Instagram ads.
0: Wow. So, it's strictly those two platforms?
1: Yeah. So, I do know Promoted Pins, which is on Pinterest, but I. Mostly I'm hanging out on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Oh, cool. I, I might want to pick your brain about Pinterest because it's a platform I don't think a lot of photographers leverage. So uh, maybe later we can talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. How did you How did you get into Facebook and Instagram marketing?
1: Well, I started my business a year ago and I started doing just social media, organic social media. I had been in the social media marketing world before having my daughter and I left it afterwards. And then that's when I decided that I wanted to get back into it. So I started my own business so I could be at home with her, but it quickly evolved into paid marketing, which I found that I love more because you see that instant return. So Mm you know, organic is great and we definitely need organic, but you don't necessarily see the instant return on investment when we're working with organic. And I love numbers. So as soon as I got into the ad space and was like, wow, we put in, you know, $200 and we got 5,000 back or whatever it is that was exciting to me. Mm. And then that's where I just thrive is in those numbers.
0: That's awesome. Uh my, my experience with Facebook ads and I'm guessing a lot of other photographers is kind of the opposite. Like we don't typically see that return on investment, but I know that that I know there's potential there. It's just like I think a lot of us photographers don't really know how to wrap our heads around how to leverage the platform to do it. So, I'm excited to kind of talk to you about that. Um so how if someone was never has never done an ad before on Facebook, how the heck do they get started in even thinking about doing this?
1: I think the first thing is you have to look at your budget. So Facebook is not a platform where you can run $5 a day. I definitely think that you need at least $15 a day to start seeing like real results. And you have to understand that there is a testing period. So you can't get in there and after one week be like, hey, these are not working. You can't just set them and forget them. They do have to be something that you're on top of. But if you're just getting started, I would start with the Facebook Blueprint. It's free. You can go through it. It's Facebook ads. They're like own training. And it does give you some basic understanding of how to run ads. Now, of course, they're going to tell you to spend way, way more than $15 a day. (laughs) But I think you could actually see really great results by spending $15 a day if you're using it correctly. And so you also have to think like, what is your goal? Is it to grow an email list and then sell them through email marketing? Are you trying to sell them cold audience a $500 photograph? That's probably not going to work. And so just knowing like, what is your goals? What is your budget? And then how are you going to really nurture those relationships that you build through Facebook ads?
0: Mm. So one of the things that I've been dabbling with is trying to create a very specific targeted landing page that the ad um, directs people to, which then kind of states my goal. And, you know, that's kind of the beginning of the sales funnel. Is that something that you recommend? Because I think what I, what I see a lot of photographers do is, you know, they post a pretty photo and then they promote it because they want to reach their audience. But like a lot of people that use Facebook ads miss the point that it's probably good to establish a goal before you do an ad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think setting a goal is super important. Also, never hit the boost button. Like, if you take one thing away from this, do not boost a post. It's (laughs) It's the biggest waste of money. So don't boost post. And then I would definitely have a landing page set up. I love landing pages because you can retarget with your pixel. And I know we're going to get into all that, but having a landing page or sending them to Messenger. So Facebook also lets you send ads straight to Messenger. So if you want to say, hey, if you like this or you want to give my free download, then come to Messenger, and you can set up automations there. If you're just getting started, I truly believe the easiest way, though, is just to send them to a landing page.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and are there good um, Facebook Messenger automation platforms that you recommend to people?
1: So I think if you're just getting started, Facebook actually has a really nice native platform. And I think that's going to be built out a lot in this next year, they made it very clear that they are dumping a ton of money into Messenger. And so I think we're going to see that evolve a lot over this next year. So just starting out just use Facebook's I use mini chat, I th- you can use it for free for a long time. It's they have great free tutorials with Mini Chat as well. So I think either just use the native one in Facebook or I really like Mini Chat. But there's other ones like Opeca and stuff like that. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. But don't get so t- caught up in the tech. Just get started somewhere.
0: Yeah, and so if you're if you're pushing people to a uh, a messenger kind of solution. What, what do you think people should be thinking about in terms of how to leverage that uh, to, to get results?
1: I think a good thing is if you're pushing them to Messenger, it's more about creating that relationship instantly. So with email, you know, there's a lot of competition in email. I still believe 100% you should be getting everyone's email because that's the only thing we actually own. We don't own all these social media platforms. We don't own our list on mini chat or anything like that. So I do think that email is your first priority in growing a business. But the cool thing about messenger is you get them in there and there's more of that realness to it. Mm -hmm. So you're chatting with them or even your automations. They should be very conversational. Um, They work really well for, like networking. So if you have a local event that you're doing or something like that, it's really great to get them in there. You can personally invite them to the event. If you're selling a high ticket item and they have questions, it's great to say, hey, from your ad, have questions, send me a message. Hmm. Because then you're inviting them to continue that conversation. And that's really powerful too. So even like my clients that have high-end coaching packages that are like, $20,000 $20,000 a year, we're sending them to Messenger to get those questions answered instead of sending them to a landing page. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and if someone were to opt to create a landing page, what would your advice be in terms of uh, making it the most successful type of landing page to leverage that ad?
1: Right. So your ad copy and the landing page copy need to line up. So there can't be this disconnect. So you don't want your ad copy to be super clickbaity and then they land on the landing page and then they don't opt in for your email because then Facebook dings that is an unpleasant experience Hmm. and your ad cost is going to go up. But so your ad copy and your landing page copy need to be very cohesive. Also keep it simple big, catchy headline, maybe a sub headline, name, email, and then a photo. I definitely recommend, even if you're doing like photography or anything, you have a really good opt-in to get their email. So maybe, you know, a good one that I know that I always opt into is some stock photos or a background image for your desktop, things like that. People love stuff like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of just giving people a free photo to use.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people love photos. Like here's 10 Instagram photos you can use. And I bet like your email list would grow overnight.
0: Uh Wow, Maybe I'll try that. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the pixel. So what the heck is a pixel? Because photographers, when they think of pixel, they're thinking about megapixels and gigapixels and how big the camera sensor is. But what is a pixel for for Facebook?
1: That's so funny. I would have never like that's not what I think of. (laughs) And so, and I even like have nice cameras and stuff and I didn't even think about it like that. That's so awesome. Okay. So a Facebook pixel has nothing to do with any of that. So a Facebook pixel is a piece of tracking code that you need to put on your website, your landing pages. And even if right now you're like, I don't know if I'm going to ever run ads, you still need to install your pixel because you never know when you're going to decide and They're constantly gathering data. We also don't know how privacy laws and things like that are going to change. So get the pixel on there now while you can and start tracking that data because it gives a lot of good insights as well to your audience. So even it helps with organic traffic because then you know, like, hey, most of my audience is coming from the United Kingdom or US or wherever it is. It just tracks. So it's just a piece of code. If you just Google Facebook Pixel, they give you very clear instructions on how to get it installed, no matter if you're on WordPress, Squarespace, show it, whatever it is, you can get your Pixel installed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use a... A very proprietary system called wide range galleries um it's created by a photographer named jack brower and i was able to install the pixel very easily within like two minutes so um it's it's actually pretty simple and um so so what how do you use the pixel in terms of advertising
1: so the pixel at a very basic level the base pixel tracks everyone so you can set it up to create audiences within inside your ad manager and so those audience can be how many people have visited your website and so here's how the pixel works this is actually really good you're on uh, Nikon's website, you go to Nikon.com and then you get on Facebook and all of a sudden you're getting targeted on Facebook with all these Nikon cameras. (laughs) That's because they have a pixel installed. So that's how you get when people are like, I was just talking about that. And then Facebook like is listening to me it's not that Facebook's listening, you probably either Googled something, you went to their website, and now they're retargeting you with those ads. Mm -hmm. So that's what a pixel is for. So you can retarget the people who are interacting with your content.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one of the ways I've been using it is I installed the. you can actually install custom pixels where you track, like, traffic to a very specific page on your website. And then And then you can actually target people that have been to that page with an ad on Facebook.
1: Correct. So there's a bunch of things you can do with pixels. So we track purchases, registrations, opt-ins. So if you're doing an event, you would want to set up your registration pixels. So after they purchase, then they would go to a thank you page and there would be a special code on there that would like let Facebook know, hey this person purchased from you are they registered for your event and then you can track that within your ads manager
0: right So the pixel I feel like has a lot of relationship um, with audiences um, and and audiences is something that probably most people aren't super familiar with in terms of uh, how to use a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad. Can you tell us a little bit about what an audience is?
1: So an audience is where you set it up in your ads manager and they're really powerful. So this is how you know who to target. So some of the audiences I set up for all my clients is website visitors, people who have interacted with your Instagram and you can set the timeframe. So you can do 180 days, you can do 30 days, whatever you want. Um, People who have interacted with your Facebook business page. I also do, if there's like, certain conversions and things. I set those up and then your email. So you can actually upload your email subscribers and then they find them. That's an audience. And then from all of these audiences, you want to create lookalike audiences Mm -hmm. and those lookalike audiences. What Facebook does is they take your audience. So let's use Instagram. So you have 10,000 people on Instagram that are following you You set it to in the last 180 days, everyone who's interacted with your Instagram, then you're going to create a lookalike audience. And what that does is Facebook goes and finds people that share the same attributes as the audience that's already interacting with you. So if you're a photographer, and you know, the people who are following you, they're going to go find more of those people for you. So it can double, triple, you know quadruple your audience size by creating those look-alike audiences. Yeah.
0: What would you say about, um, I know one of the things you can do in audiences is you can target people based on location or target them based on things like they're interested in fine art or they're interested in photography or they're interested in shopping. Um, how effective have you found that type of, uh, audience targeting to be?
1: Yeah, so that's detailed targeting when we're targeting their interest and things like that. So Facebook calls that detailed targeting and detailed targeting is really powerful. One thing you don't wanna do though is get some, you don't want your audience size to be too small. So Facebook on the side, when you're setting up an ad, will tell you what your potential audience size is. And so I always try to get it to like a million or higher if you're doing something that's like, online where it can be anyone. Now if we're talking about very local, that just depends on your location and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you may not be able to get a million when we're talking about that, but it's good to group audiences. So photographers, let's say that you want to reach other photographers. I'm going to put in some interests that I would do is like creative live and then I'm going to put in Canon, Nikon, Creative Cloud Um, so Adobe, uh, you know, just, uh, like Lightroom, things like that, where I know that photographers are liking those pages. And so then Facebook's going to be like, oh, okay, you're targeting photographers. So let me go find all the photographers for you. Now, if you're thinking about selling your art to people who aren't photographers, Mm -hmm. then you would want to think about who is your ideal client? Where do they shop? What publications do they read? What is their age? But I think one thing I see with people is they want to narrow the age down so much. And Facebook is so smart. Just leave the age wide open. So I typically Mm. do 25 to 65. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean 65-year-olds are necessarily going to be buying your art, but it gives Facebook enough room to find your people. So don't get it so narrow where Facebook doesn't have room to find them.
0: That makes sense. And then in terms of how you leverage Facebook ads to reach people on Instagram, I'm guessing there's a few different things people may be interested in depending on their business model, uh, either growing their fan base or uh, reaching, uh, like you say, maybe you're a photographer that sells workshops. Maybe you want to target people that are beginner photographers. How do you do that and, and leverage it towards the Instagram platform?
1: Yeah, so when you go into to set up the ad, there's going to be a button that says edit placement. And so when you click that, it's going to show all the places that your ad will appear. Instagram and Instagram stories are one of them. Now, if you're starting out, just leave it to all placements. Because like I said, Facebook is really smart about knowing where your people are, where the ad's going to perform the best. So I would just leave it to all placement. One thing I have started doing though is all of my graphics that I'm doing are square. So they're set up for Instagram. So no matter if they're in the Facebook feed or the Instagram feed, they look really good and they look native to the platform. Now, if you're more advanced, I love to do Instagram story and Facebook story ads. And so I would go in and edit the placement and I would format them in the Instagram story format especially if you have a big audience, get on there and say, hey, check out my newest piece of art or whatever. Swipe up to see it. Because even if you don't have 10,000 followers, if you're running an Instagram story ad, you automatically get the swipe up feature.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I know. No one knows that. And I'm like, wait, no one knows this? (laughs) Like... This is a secret. I know
0: when because I I, 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 was stuck under ten thousand followers forever, and all I want, I don't care about the number per, personally, but I always wanted this, the ability to have people swipe up in stories. So when I hit ten thousand, I was like, finally, I can use that feature. <laughs>
1: Now when I'm like, oh, with my 600 followers, I'm just going to go swipe out with my ad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't, yeah, I didn't but know I that.
1: Don't, yeah, but I do not recommend using ads just to grow your vanity numbers. I think that if you're running ads, your vanity numbers will automatically grow. But don't spend money just to get more likes, to get more follows, things like that. Have a better goal in mind than that because you're not going to get your ideal client's Um, unless you're targeting spot on and then you're just throwing money at something that in the long run doesn't matter. If you really want the swipe up run ads and use that for the swipe up, but you don't need to pay to grow your audience.
0: I mean, you know, unless, unless your only reason for being a, an artist is to have vanity.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you only really care about not making money and getting 10,000 followers and totally, (laughs) You can do that. And then you can also target India and your audience will grow like crazy. That's right. And your engagement will plummet. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, that actually brings up a, a question I had about Facebook ads, because I feel like I want to say maybe two or three years ago, I remember reading an article and I, it might have been a photographer that published this article where they basically talked about how a lot of the people that were being I guess the people that Facebook presented the ad to were not real people, they were they were bots. And I'm wondering, do you know if Facebook's cleaned that up at all?
1: Yeah, Facebook's always working on things like that. But you also have to think about when you're targeting. Like I know people who are really focused on vanity numbers and they target India and Sri Lanka and things like that where it's easier to get likes because there's more people. And that's also where like a lot of bots and things like that are. And so think about like, is your audience in India? If they are, then target that. If they're not, then don't target them. So I really like to target when I'm doing target for most of my clients and we're doing like world scale, I target the US, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and the UK, Cause those, those five, we call them the big five are proven to respond really well to ads and because of conversion rates and all that, they work out really well.
0: Nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the business backend of Facebook. And I, I feel like, uh, most people don't even know this exists. Um, so it's basically business.facebook.com and it's, it opens up this huge, like, world to you as an advertiser can you tell us about it
1: not only as an ad advertiser but also just managing your facebook business page so when you sign up for a business manager that's what it is facebook business manager you can actually control a lot of your features for just organic traffic with your business page but then there's also ads manager which is inside business manager and that's where you're going to run your ads from. And so you definitely want to go set that up, get your pixel ready, and then that's where you would actually run your ads from. But I also like it because you can go in there. It gives you a lot more stats. And if you're just looking straight from your page on Facebook, it gives you a lot of audience insights and things like that that you don't necessarily have just on the platform. Mm.
0: I mean, I think that's a very good segue into another area that I wanted to ask you about. Um, In terms of running ads, how do you measure success?
1: Oh, wow. Such a loaded question. (laughs) So it really comes down to what you're looking for. So with me and working with local clients, that's a completely different metric than if I'm working with photographers teaching photography. Like it's just so different. So I think what you have to know is how much is a customer worth to you? So that means if you're selling a piece, I don't know, tell me what is like an average price for a piece of art for like yours? I
0: think it's going to depend a great deal depending on who you ask and what they how they print and things like that. But for me, I would say, I don't know, seven, eight hundred dollars.
1: Okay, so what is it worth to you to get a client? So I'm sure there's some expenses that go in to get this printed and things like that. So
0: yeah, let's just make it a let's just make it like a clean 500.
1: Okay, so let's say that you're totally okay with spending $200 with getting a client. So you're making money, you're coming out more than breaking even. So some people would be totally happy with that. Other people would hate that. So it kind of just depends on what your expectations are. So like with me, I have a client that's been on the show and his course is $497. I'm pretty sure right off the top of my head. We were getting him clients at, I think it was about $10. So that's a really good return. Um, I have another client that... Their product is $1,000 dollars and we spend about 300 to get them a client, but they're coming out way ahead and they'll put money into that all day long. So I guess with your it depends on your goals. and also as long as you're coming out ahead, I think you're doing really well on Facebook.
0: Yeah, for sure. What about uh, in terms of individual ad placements, how are you monitoring and measuring uh, the success of each individual ad?
1: Yeah, so that's going to come down to, you know, I like to look at click-through rate. I like to look at link clicks. So those are two big ones. Frequency. So I make sure that the same people are not seeing my ad over and over again. Also, from a lead, if we're sending them to like a landing page, I like to see what my conversion rate is. So if we have 10 people land on that, you know, I'm looking, did three of them sign up? 30%. I'm looking at things like that. So it's a big picture, you can't just look at one thing, you got to look at the whole picture. Also, if I'm running email list, I want to see what the cost of my lead is. So you're looking at a lot of stats to find out like the whole picture, because if you focus too much on one, then you could actually be running a really good ad, but you're just focused on that one number that's not performing mm-hmm. well, and then you shut everything off.
0: So maybe we could do a fun little uh, test case. So I ran an ad. I think it was last week uh, to promote a landing page uh, on my website uh, for a sale that I'm running, and um, okay. I think I sp- I spent sixteen dollars on the ad, and I got. 1,500 impressions, and my reach was 1,400, and my link clicks were 58. Did not get any sales out of it yet, but I got 58 people to go check out the sale.
1: <laughs> so tell me what your, so when you, do you have it open right now? I do. Okay, so tell me what your click-through rate was. You may have to go to Customize Column. It'll be CTR hit the customize, it says customize column, and you can click that. And then you'll see CTR.
0: See, I didn't even know that was there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where a bunch of the hidden stats are. Uh, 5.79%. Okay, so that's really good. So that, so that number you want to be a 1%. So yours is really good. So what was the overall goal? of your ad? Uh,
0: I wanted people to go to my website and buy, uh, buy a print.
1: (laughs) Okay. And how much was the print?
0: $300.
1: Okay. Was this cold audience? Uh, who did you target? Did you target like people who interacted with your website or did you target?
0: No, I think it was a, I think it was a totally new audience that I created. Uh, so it was more of like a lookalike audience.
1: Okay, so this is a great case study. So you spent $16 and then you were expecting at least one sale. So 300 <laughs> from a completely cold audience. Right, so you're <laughs> so saying this, I didn't
0: spend enough money.
1: Well, <laughs> not only that, but this is where we have to have realistic expectations. You're expecting people who don't know you to fork over $300 on the first time they're meeting you. That's typically not how sales work. Typically, you need four to seven touch points with a person before they're going to spend money with you. So one, yes, you didn't spend enough money. But <laughs> also, you don't have enough data. You only had 58 clicks. Your click-through rate and everything was great, but you only had 58 clicks. We can't even determine things until we have at least 100 clicks, if not more. Right. So yeah. this is a great example of where your numbers look good. But you had unrealistic expectations.
0: Well, that's probably accurate. I think I was more basing my I I could have ran it for longer, but I was kind of nervous that I was just gonna keep spending and not having results. So I figured I need to re-evaluate my strategy a little bit. So Yeah,
1: and it's really hard to get cold audiences because even a look like they're still cold to pay you $300. So that's where you would want to run like a $20, like something lower, even 49 or you're doing, um, sending them to an opt-in that then, you know,
0: or like a mailing list our, or something like that. Yeah,
1: so a coupon code or something like that. But asking completely cold audiences to pay you $300 is very, very, very unrealistic for them to purchase. <laughs> I mean, it may happen. You may get that one person, but overall, you they just have to be warmed up a little bit.
0: Sure. Okay. So maybe that's a good transition into... Uh, Kind of what would you say are some do's and don'ts for advertising on social media?
1: I think the first thing is making sure that you're authentic. I think that's really important, which I feel like artists and photographers are really good about being authentic. So um, just being authentic on there. Also, don't do false marketing. I think integrity is really important. Like don't say this deal is going away and then it never goes away. <laughs> so that's a big one. But then also just getting in and throwing money into something without taking the time to step back and setting goals and then actually having a strategy, not just going in and setting up an like an ad, throwing some money at it, 25 50 and being like Facebook doesn't work. Because that's what typically when I get into people's ad managers, they're like, ads don't work for me. I'm hiring you. This is the last time. And I get in, I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder they don't work. You spent like $10.
0: Right, right.
1: So I think that's the big thing is just making sure that everything you're doing is very authentic to you. But then in the back end, just making sure that you are stepping back, taking the time to just evaluate what you're about to do because you are going to spend money.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say to people that, uh, you know, they're kind of tired of Facebook, you know, like Big Brother and the platform and just, you know, privacy issues and all that stuff, like, and they just feel like, why don't they just show my stuff to everyone? I want organic reach. Like, what would you say to kind of the naysayers and the skeptics?
1: Yeah, it's always funny because I always see people on Facebook complaining about Facebook and I'm like. And also then Google does the same thing. So like when you go to websites and there's advertising, Google's like doing the exact same thing Facebook's doing, but no one says anything about that. So one of the things that we have to realize is Facebook is a billion dollar company. They have to make money some way and they're letting you on the platform for free. So unless you want to start paying for it, they have to have advertisers. And one thing I like to look at it is if you look at it, Facebook ads are actually like, super personable. Because if you're watching TV, you're not on the market for a car. But you still have to hear that annoying car dealer commercial. But on Facebook, you're not going to have that because if you haven't been looking for a car, they're not targeting you with car commercials. So I like to think of it as like Facebook's actually like, it's the best marketing because it's personalized marketing. They're giving you the ads that you want to see for the most part. Now, with privacy, they're doing the best that they can. Like, we have to think Facebook hasn't even been around that long. In, like, grand scheme of things, Facebook has not been around that long. So, they're going to have roadblocks. Blo- mm-hmm. They're going to ha- stumble. But if you love Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram. <laughs> so, like, it's the same privacy things that are instagram facebook but it's like facebook is the evil like step parent and then (laughs) instagram is like the golden child but they're the same platform owned by the same people the same advertising so i think it's just important to know that facebook's always i mean from a marketer we get frustrated because they're always creating new rules to help protect your privacy so they are always creating things that are doing better jobs of protecting everyone's privacy, also making sure that no one is being left out and things like that. So I think we just need to give them a break and also realize that they're letting us use their free platforms and we don't have to pay for them.
0: Right. I I mean, I would say if you don't like that, then just don't use the platform.
1: (laughs) I know. That's my thing. Please don't get on Facebook and complain about how much you hate Facebook.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, well, I was really curious um, if, if you don't mind, maybe sharing a couple of success stories with us in terms of uh, uh, some clients you've worked with, and obviously you don't have to say their names, but like kind of what maybe talk about what their goals were and kind of how did you structure the advertising and what was the outcome?
1: Okay, so I work with only a handful of local businesses. I work with a lot of course creators. So from a local business side. I have one client. He's been my client since I was doing organic social media. Now I run his Facebook ads. And he spends a ton of money a year on traditional marketing. So billboards, mailers, magazine, newspaper, like you name it, he's marketing. And he has an extremely successful heating and air conditioning business. Well, after talking to him, I was like, let me just run ads, like give me a budget. He spends like, half million dollars plus a year on just like paper mailers and i was like just give me a budget and he gave me 500 (laughs) and i was like oh my gosh but i was like that's fine i can do it so he had a deal going on on air conditions or whatever and we did send them to messenger we had one ad go to messenger to book an appointment we had the other one going straight to his website to book a call and I called him at the end of the month. This was two months ago. And I said, hey, how did your month go? And he said, we had our best month ever in business. Wow. We spent five and this is a very successful business. And he was like, I cannot believe all the traffic we got, the new clients, the repeats that called and said, like, we saw your ad. And it, and then not only that, but since we've been running ads, the reviews on his page it's like people see the ad. So they remember, Oh yeah, I need to write a review. So he went from, you know, it's typically like people who are unhappy, write Reviews, not happy (laughs) people. And so great local business, but his rating was like a three out of five stars. And as soon as we started doing the ad, it was like all of his clients were like, Oh yeah, I need to go write an like a review. And now he's at 4.5 stars. Wow! So huge difference. So it's not only that he is, you know, getting amazing results from the ads, but it's also helping his social proof. And then also his vanity numbers are growing naturally, which just helps. I mean, vanity numbers do matter to a certain extent. So that's helped too. So that's a local business side.
0: Were you able to directly measure how many clients or bookings or dollar output was generated from that $500 budget?
1: I wish. So each air conditioning unit is um, like thousands of dollars. And he, this is like a super small town, since we were sending people to a phone call, like here, book, they would ask. And so we knew it came from Facebook, but they didn't leave like his bookkeepers didn't keep enough record for me Uh, to get an accurate but he told me like we can directly link to this being our best month because of the facebook ads
0: sure that makes sense
1: so yeah but that is the problem like when you're working with businesses where it's like call and make an appointment and there's a lot of people involved in the process it's harder to track those things
0: for sure that makes sense it's probably a lot easier for us photographers
1: yeah, yeah. So, from a photographer standpoint, I actually have a lot of clients that are photographers, but most of them are teaching other photographers. So, sure. they have either online courses, workshops, things like that. And so, I have one client that she was running ads. She knows the ads really, really well. And she has a course where she teaches people how to scale their birth photography business. So, super niche down. Mm-hmm. And she was doing ads, did her first course launch, $6,000 launch. Then she hired me. We were doing ads. We spent $823. It was a $21,000 course launch. And we just wrapped up our la- our last launch. Like last week, we spent $2,000 on ads and it was like a $45,000 launch.
0: Holy smokes. Well, I was going to say, what what was your strategy for those ads?
1: Yeah. So we do a webinar. So all of these course creators, they do a webinar. So I help them fill their webinar. And so it's really just, I know the photographers, like where they're hanging out, what pages they're liking. And so that's the big thing is just knowing your audience really well and getting really intentional with that detailed targeting inside ad manager, and then spending enough money. Cause when I say we spend $823, $823, That was in a seven-day period. Wow.
0: That's a lot for a seven-day period.
1: Yeah, but look at the return, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think... And then you said, yeah, and then you said you were going to talk about Jason.
1: Yeah, so Jason came to me and he had a very small email list and he was just like, let's do this, whatever. We spent right around under $900 and he had like a $16,000 launch and it was one of his either his first or second launch. So incredible return on investment. And once again, we're spending that in a seven day period.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So it sounds like the key to it is just really understanding your audience and figuring out a really uh, straightforward, simple strategy to funnel those people into what you're trying to get in front of them.
1: And I think sometimes when you're spending that much money, it is a good idea to hire someone. So like they came to me and hired me and they saw a bigger return, but that's because Facebook ads are very intense. But if you're just running ads to like lead generate and everything, you can totally manage that by yourself.
0: Right. Right. That makes sense. Well, are you down to answer some, uh, some specific listener questions? Sure. Okay. So a uh, photographer named Gary Randall, um, at has a question and, uh, He says, it's kind of obvious, but what's the best method for capitalizing on our existing social media following?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. So if we're talking about from an ad standpoint, that is where the first thing I would do is go in and create your audiences and do those based off of who's interacted with your Facebook business page and who has interacted with your Instagram and know that those are going to be the best people to sell to because they already know you, they like you, they trust you. So there's already that no like trust factor and create those audiences and start with them. You don't even need to do the detailed targeting when you're just starting out with ads. Just use your audience you already have.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another person, Nathan uh, St. Andre asks, is social media dying Photographers are hating it more and more, and I keep seeing stuff about photographers hating to use the platforms. Uh, Do you see a downward trend coming in photographers using these platforms?
1: I don't think so. I think everything's always evolving and you just have to be willing to evolve with it. And so trying new things. So maybe the things that you were doing are not working anymore, but you switch and try different things. So one of my clients that I used to have when I was doing organic, she started using Pinterest and it blew up for her local photography business. So that's just one of the ways that we just evolve with how social media is. Some people are saying that they see a decrease in reach with Instagram, my Instagram's growing like crazy and I don't even do anything. So one thing that I've noticed is that people who are posting less and engaging more and utilizing all the features on Instagram actually have higher engagement and they're seeing growth quicker where people who are posting more, engaging less, aren't seeing the same growth that they used to.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. I've I've kind of noticed that myself. The less I post, the more people interact. It's kind of funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I posted like twice last month and I grew a hundred followers and I was like, where did these people come from?
0: Yeah. I think I posted two or three times in the last month and I think I've gained a thousand.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I do use stories. I really like stories. I think those are just a great way to connect with people. And then I use And they're still easy. Yeah. And then use the other features, use the stickers, use the GIFs, use your, you know, IGTV, especially now that you can do portrait mode or landscape mode. Like you can have either video on there now. So why aren't you using all the features?
0: Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Another photographer, uh, Moss Peter Iverson asks, uh, how do you move people from one platform to another?
1: You don't. (laughs) so the thing is people who are hanging out on Facebook are not going to be the same people hanging out on Instagram the people on Instagram are not going to go to YouTube to watch your videos and I've learned this the hard way I had a YouTube channel and I was like you know I'm going to take all my my Instagram my Facebook and get them onto YouTube They don't want to leave the platform and those platforms don't want you pushing people to other platforms. So just use the platform. So get creative. Take your YouTube videos, put them into IGTV, upload them directly into Facebook. And so stop trying to get people off the platform and just cross post what you have going on.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice cuz and I know you've probably seen this but like when you whenever you post a link to anything off of Facebook, it tends to like engagement and reach just plummets because I think they throttle it like crazy.
1: Well, they want you to stay on the platform. It's the same thing like YouTube. They want people to link to other YouTube channels. Like your watch time is more important. So, it's all the platforms want you to keep people on the platform, which is probably why Instagram, you only get one link. They want you to keep people on the (laughs) platform.
0: Right. That makes sense. Luis Arroyo asks, what do you see as the strengths and weaknesses of each platform? And he lists Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and for funsies, we can say Vimeo.
1: Okay, so if you know
0: what Vimeo is.
1: Yeah, I know what Vimeo is, but I don't spend any time there. So I'm not going gonna up there. So with um, Facebook, I think their strength is that there's a lot of people there, like everyone is on Facebook. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. And even the people who hate Facebook, when Facebook's down, it's like you just lost electricity. Facebook is literally a utility in today's time. So I think that's one of the biggest advantages is that everyone is there. Like everyone. The disadvantage for businesses is yes, you are. If you want your stuff seen, you're either going to need to spend money in advertising or once again, use the features. They want you using Facebook lives. Like if you do Facebook live one a week for a month, you will see your reach skyrocket. I did a test two months ago and I just went live once a week and my numbers went through the roof, all organic. Mm-hmm. So use the Facebook stories, like use messenger. They want you using the platform. Um, but that is one of the things It is harder to get reach Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think their biggest thing is, that you can be really authentic, you can be yourself. And that's what's working right now on Instagram, where it used to be very like your grid had to be perfect and everything. And now that's kind of shifting, which is nice, because now you're not spending forever on a perfect grid. It's just more about showing up on those stories, and just coming as you are. I think the downside is there is that level of vanity, like, Instagram is like, that's what it is. It's just photos. And so uh, there is that whole element of it's about looks. So mm-hmm. that would be its downside, I think. YouTube, um, it's upside, it's video. So video is so popular amongst all the platforms. The really cool thing is you can take a YouTube video, upload it to Facebook, upload it to IGTV, cut elements out of it, put it on Pinterest, put it on LinkedIn, like you can just use that video in so many ways and video is so powerful. So I think that's like the upside of YouTube and the downside would be it's a long-term game. Like it's not a quick thing. If you're going to do YouTube, you're in it for the long run because it's SEO. So it's just, it's a much longer journey than Mm -hmm. the other platforms.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, Chris Byrne asks, um, He would love to hear if you've got any effective ways to convert social media fans and followers to email list subscribers. Um, He says that all of these platforms change the rules often enough, but once people are on my list, then they're mine to market to.
1: Right. And that's what we talked about earlier. It's so important that you own that email list. So I would create a really great opt-in, like one that's like we talked about, especially for photographers. Y'all like give away Instagram's photos with where they can use them wherever they want and you'll grow your email list overnight. So (laughs) I would definitely create a really good opt-in and then just put it everywhere. So on your Facebook banner, you can do like download my 10 Instagram worthy photos and then have an arrow that points to the button. The button takes them to your link where they can download it on Instagram. You know, you get your link, link it. Also with The cool thing now is even if you don't have 10,000 followers, you can do a story. And if you put something in IGTV, you can actually add a link to that. So you can tell them swipe up. It takes them to the IGTV and then there's a link there. So you can also do stuff like that. And then I would just say put the link everywhere so people can get on your email list.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're kind of winding down, Brandy, and um, I was wondering if you maybe had some kind of advice for for listeners in terms of what are some resources or things that maybe they should look into uh, that will help them become more savvy marketers?
1: I think the big thing is if you're ready to start running Facebook ads on your own, then I would definitely go to Facebook's Blueprint. So it's like Facebook. If you Google Facebook ad blueprint, free course, it'll come up and take that blueprint. Also, if you really want to learn more about ads, doing them on your own. You can listen to The Art of Paid Traffic with Rick Mulready. He's one of my mentors and that's where I've learned everything from. But he has a great podcast. He gives away so much great information on how to run ads. And so that is a great resource as well. And then if you're ready to let someone else run ads, of course, you can always get on a call with me and we can chat.
0: Yeah, so how do people find you and what do you have to offer to them?
1: Yeah, so I just say that I'm not on Instagram. I am on Instagram when it comes to DMs and stories. I just don't post to my grid ever. <laughs> so um, you can definitely go to at Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I and Company all spelled out one word, you can DM me or you can go to brandyandcompany.com. And on there, I have a Facebook ad quiz you can take to see if you're even ready to hire a Facebook ad manager, (laughs) or you can book a call with me and we can chat to see if you're a right fit.
0: Cool. And yeah, we'll definitely have all that in the liner notes so that people can easily find it. So they're not Googling and it'll be right there on your phone. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Well, Brandy, thank you so much. This has been really insightful. And um, you've definitely got me back on the, okay, maybe I just need to be more patient and thoughtful about how I do this because my experience so far has not been very exciting, but talking to you has kind of got me a reinvigorated.
1: Yeah. Just start with email list growth. That's so important and then warm them up and then you retarget them from there.
0: I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks to Brandy for coming onto the podcast to talk all about Facebook and Instagram advertising. Since recording, I relaunched my own advertising effort for my June photography sale, and it yielded about $1,000 in sales. So guess what, guys? It can work. You just got to give it a lot of thought and a lot of time. All right. Well, I wanted to thank our newest patrons of the podcast, Chuck Wood and Frank Otto Peterson, I really appreciate you both taking the time to head over to Patreon and pledge your support. I've been actually following both of you on social media and really enjoy your photography, so keep up the great work. We have 82 bonus episodes over on Patreon for anyone supporting the show at the $5 a month level or higher. It is by far our most popular level of support because it grants you access to bonus episodes. At the $10 a month level, you also gain access to early releases and some other perks when I find time and energy to release those. Um, and at $20 a month, you get all kinds of perks, including invite. you get invited to exclusive Patreon Google Hangouts and other awesome surprises. All right. Additionally, uh, patrons of the podcast are encouraged to participate in our themed photo contest by submitting them to, uh, to our community board over on Patreon, which can be found at patreon.com slash and listen slash community. The current theme, which will end on July 26th, is mountains and deserts in honor of a tattoo that I'm getting in about four hours. Yikes. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> well, let's see those awesome shots over on our community board. All right, let's talk about who's coming up on the podcast next uh our next podcast is going to be uh aaron reed and colby brown talking about marketing and business we also have taylor gray a travel and landscape photographer living in the pacific northwest we have david cobb from Photo Cascadia and Wai how pan a landscape photographer living in china all right well, this is my absolute favorite part of the show, where I actually get to thank our amazing Patreon podcast producers. I can't thank these people enough. They're really the lifeblood of the podcast, uh, and they are keeping, keeping the podcast running. And I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Uh, these people are contributing at the $20 a month level or higher on our Patreon page. So without further ado, we have Frank Otto Peterson, Gary Randall, Zachary Smith, Michael Howard, Jack Curran, Eric Stensland, Chris Rice, Jeff Peterson, Charlotte Gibb, Jason Matthias, David Kingham, Anton Everine, Laurie Berenson, William Nurse, Ken Dono, Daniele Francois, James Bacavoy, and Richard Wong, Matthew Boone, and Matthias at Magica. All right. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.